We've been on a series out of Ephesians, but I started sensing yesterday that uh, the Lord had just another thought for us today, and so I want to share that with you or try to share that with you. It's always uh, sometimes a challenge when the Holy Spirit just kind of throws something on you and says, here, give it to them, and let them, uh, let them uh, calculate it through and uh, and, and so, but I'm going to do that this morning. If you allow me to do it, I'm going to do that. If you don't allow me to do that, I'm also going to do that too. But uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, jump into the Word. I want to read first a very familiar passage, uh, but I believe it's appropriate for the day that we're living in. I believe it's right down to today. So it's out of Isaiah chapter 40, and we'll have this up on the overhead Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to read through from verse 28 to 31, 28 to 31. Now listen to what he says here. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? It's kind of a rhetorical statement. It's not, you know, like he's thinking that they didn't know. He's kind of saying, you know, we've been down this road for a long, long time, people, and, 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 and you're still seeming to miss it. You're still seeming to walk away from, from the intimacy and the closeness that I want to have with you because it's the way for you and I as believers not only to be led by the Spirit but also to be strengthened and to be encouraged and to be built up by the Holy Spirit. It's through Him personally. Have you not known? Have you not heard? And then He goes in, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Father, this morning we receive your word. I pray you open the eyes of our understanding. I pray, Father, that, Lord, as we just uh, put some thoughts out here, that, uh, Lord, your spirit would take those and bring them into each one of our minds and hearts, God, this morning, that we might receive from you words of life and truth that are going to help us on the journey. God, we thank you that we can trust you. And, uh, God, yes, we have known. God, yes, we have heard. And uh, we do believe this. We believe that you're the everlasting Father, the creator of all things. And uh, you do not sleep or slumber. But, Father, you uh, are always with us. And so, Father, I pray this morning, open up the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. This is basically God's invitation for you and I to look beyond the problems, look beyond the disruptions, and look beyond the red herrings that are going on around us. It's, it's really uh, to, to know and to come back to the perspective that God is bigger than all of those problems and all of the disruptions that we are experiencing in the earth today. He's bigger than those things. He's, he's not asleep and he's not out of control or out of strength to deal with these things and to handle them, but he's there. And I think most of us realize that, you know, we live in a fallen world. And, and uh, the scriptures even say that the whole earth groans with pains and travails because of the, 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 the impact of sin that uh, it has had on the world. And, and it says the whole earth is groaning because of that. 
And I think what we find when we get into positions and places of conflict and struggle and problems is that it's very easy for us, it's very easy for us to kick into a takeover mode. How many have experienced that? How many, especially guys. Guys, really, we really do that. We want to have the answer. We don't want to be out of control. We want to take control. We don't want to think that we don't have control. And, and I think it's, uh, it has its good characteristics, but the challenge, and this is what Isaiah is bringing us back to, is that it's easy for us to take over and to kick into gear what we're going to do about what's happening around us, but we do it sometimes without the Holy Spirit. We do it without God. And this was the issue that they were having. Israel had gone up and down and back and forth, and, and God said, man, haven't you guys seen all that I've done? Haven't you know, don't you, have you forgotten all that I've done for you? And, and, you know, parting the Red Sea and all of these things. But Israel continued to go back and try to take over and do it the way that they wanted to do it, and they did it without God. And I, I, I put down just a couple thoughts here, a quick thoughts on what does that look like when we decide that we're going we're gonna to take over and we're going to do what we need to do and, and, and uh, see things happen the way they should happen, what does that look like? Well, first, we try to accelerate it with human power, with my own strength. I begin to try to press past what's happening around me. How am I going to resolve this issue that I'm facing? How am I going to resolve, how am I going to protect myself in this in this world of confusion, in this world of chaos today, how am I going to protect myself? You know, we, we buy our guns, and there's nothing wrong with guns. Should have a gun, probably. We buy those things, and we start building this whole human uh, uh, protection against what's happening. And again, I'm not, I, I'm certainly, you guys know I'm not against guns, because uh, that's not the issue that we're really facing, is it? But it's the aspect and the element of me potentially trying to take things into my own hands. And when I do that, I, I sometimes can miss the subtlety of me now trying to do that and forgetting God in the process because I'm focused on this over here. I'm going to make sure I have this and this and this all lined up and I have enough of this and enough ammo, enough everything, enough food. You know, if I see one more commercial with food that lasts for 25 or 30 or 50 years, uh, you know... Uh, I want to buy some just to taste it, actually. I'm thinking I grew up on welfare with powdered milk and powdered cheese and powdered everything. I'm wondering if it's probably the same stuff that they were feeding me when I was a child. <clears throat> but we just try to accelerate with human power. Another thing is that we just stop. We just back away from our faith walk. Now, all of a sudden, it's such a big problem that I just stop. I'm thinking, what can I, I can't do anything about it. And... Uh, and what are we going to do? And, you know, it seems like it's just too big to manage. It seems like my voice wouldn't be heard no matter what. I mean, I, I could try to vote, but it doesn't seem like that's going to count. And I get into this place, so I just stop. And I cease even sometimes in that process to stop having faith to see God's hand move in our situation. Come on. And this is what he's... <laughs> if the church is the only thing that's going to stop the gates of hell, we need to be activated. We can't be stopping. Another thing is sometimes we just begin to get angry and we start blame shifting and we're seeing that happening around us. Every, people are angry everywhere and it seems like you can't say hardly anything without somebody getting angry at you. <clears throat> and then we see also that we begin to just make excuses 
for what's happening. And even worse, we begin to change what God has already said to us. We begin to compromise, and we begin to go in a different direction. I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the problems. I'm feeling the challenges. What are we going to do? How are we going to compromise our way through it? (laughs) Versus what does the word of the Lord say to us? What has he been saying to us? What has he said to his church to do? And how are we accomplishing that? And we're looking around on the landscape today, and we're seeing people <clears throat> compromising in so many different ways. And, and, and so, so that's what it looks like when we begin to do that. And we're no longer seeking God for His plan and His provision. And that seems to be the repeated issue with Israel. They always became dependent on themselves, and they quit seeking God. And when they did that, they ceased to get his provision, and they ceased to follow him. I think when we begin to move forward, uh, we, we, we have this preferred future that we all have in mind. We think things should be like this, and even hopefully a lot of it was shaped by the Word of God. And when problems come and challenges come or roadblocks come, all of a sudden uh, we begin to back off and wonder, what's really happening? Are those things really true? And, and what God's wanting us to do is to understand that um, He's the creator of the world. He's not asleep or slumbering. He's not forgotten you. But He's actually calling us into this deeper place. And I appreciated the worship this morning because I really feel like one of the notes that I want to highlight by the time we're done here is that <clears throat> God's calling His people deeper toward him. So how do we know when we are moving forward without the Holy Spirit? How do you know that? How do you know when you're actually just not doing it on your own? The thing is, is God created us in His image and likeness, which is pretty great. How many would say that? It's amazing, isn't it? So we've been able to do all the things that we've done because we're in His image and likeness, and it doesn't seem to end. We continue to create things and invent things and understand things and do things that are beyond natural comprehension sometimes. Why? Because we're in His image and likeness. And so we have this creative ability, but we have to make sure that we don't move forward without the Holy Spirit. And how does it look when we're not walking with Him or following Him? Perhaps we're letting sin back into our lives. Maybe there's some areas in your life right now that you <coughs> excuse me, were totally delivered from at one point in your life, but now you're starting to let those sins come back in, and you've found a place to have comfort with them. It's okay. We're facing these problems, and I don't know about the things that's happening around us, and so maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe if I'm moving forward with the Holy Spirit, maybe it's because I'm replacing and allowing the values of the world to replace the values of the kingdom of God. And, and how many are seeing that happen around us right now? It just seems like people are giving in to all of the things, and I don't know any other way to say it, all of the things that the government's trying to push on us, they're trying to change our values. They're trying to change the way we think. They're trying to push things on us. And I'm, 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 if I'm not careful, I'm going to lean toward those, and I'm actually going to buy into a few of them. Matter of fact, you may have already bought into a few of them. Because as you think about it in your process, if you think about it too long and you're too far from His Word and too far from His presence, deception is easy. 
all of a sudden now, well, yeah, maybe they're right. And, I, and again, I don't know how else to maybe explain this other than to say, uh, if, we, if we use the COVID issue, how that, they were using that to literally divide families and later to manipulate people. And we're just seeing that blatantly. And, and, it's, it's <clears throat> and again, I know COVID's an issue, but I can't change my kingdom values because of COVID. It's not the first virus or the last one. Right? I mean, honestly. And so I have to be careful that I'm not slipping toward my values changing and losing the kingdom values. That's when I know that I'm moving forward, but I'm not following the Holy Spirit. Perhaps maybe you've entered into passivity or apathy. In other words, it's just like, man, I just can't take it. I can't hear one more report. I can't hear one more argument. I can't hear one more person talk about this. Anybody there? Anybody sick of talking about it? I can't. I want to hear one more thing about it. Now, unfortunately, we do need to talk about it. Okay? But that's where we get. And so all of a sudden, I'm going to step back and just try to forget it and try to hope it doesn't come up. And, you know, let's just talk about something else. And, and, and it causes me to move into apathy to, from recognizing this is a real problem. I believe that God has the answer for all real problems. God has the answer. I need to be seeking Him so I can help bring the answer to pass. Right? Yes. How many believe you have the answer? Yes. We do in Him, right? Yes. I mean, it, we, we can't step back and say, oh, it's just not me. It's just God. No, he's never worked like that. Very few times has God ever moved without working through somebody. Why do we think he's changed that? He hasn't. And so he's calling the people. Remember even uh, the prophet said, oh, God's looking all over the earth. He's searching for somebody who has a heart toward him that he can work through. And so we have to get a hold of this. Well, I can't be apathetic. And maybe it looks like this. Maybe... <clears throat> excuse me, I've let hurt and offense become an infection inside of me. And so now I'm offended. I, I've heard stories of this, you know, recently that somebody's got offended over somebody. And they let that impact their whole Christian walk, their whole life. It's like, wow, it's an infection. Unforgiveness, bitterness, offenses are affections. I'm not following the Holy Spirit if that's the case. I'm, I'm, I may be moving forward. I may feel like I'm advancing, but I'm not following the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that we, let's just face it, we're all living in confusing times where everything is changing. <coughs> Excuse me. Has anybody felt like they've guessed what was going to happen just right so far? Well, there's a lot of theories and there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's like everybody keeps coming up with theirs and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen that way. You know, COVID really hasn't changed the world. It has just simply signals, signaled how the world is changing. We're all of a sudden seeing something that we hadn't seen before. And, and, and so let's not blame it on COVID, but let's blame it on maybe a little bit of sleep and a little bit of slumber and a little bit of folding of the hands. And, 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 a, 
You know, because again, we have an enemy who has a, a job description to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't rest from that task. And yet sometimes as a church, we can get distracted. <coughs> That's what a, uh, you know, it's just so easily to get distracted. That's what a red herring is. It's something used to distract or mislead. And I believe the enemy throws a lot of those out. So let me ask you this. What should you be doing right now as his church, as his people, as his army, as his bride? Because this is what we're looking at through the book of Ephesians that we've been going through. The church is called all of these things. So what should we be doing? And here's, here's what I... Uh, I, I came to my mind as I was just putting this stuff together last night and this morning. Uh, I thought of Esther. Remember the story of Esther? How that they were facing this huge, huge challenge. And uh, Mordecai, her uncle, calls on her. And, and what did Esther have to do? Esther had to go first make herself ready. Remember, they all gave her a bath and put perfume on her and made her look her best. But then she had to go into the king's chamber and she communicated with the king what was really happening and that released the answer for that dilemma, right? I mean, sometimes we just have to put ourselves in these stories and say, well, what really happened? Well, she, she, she went in and got intimate with the king. She was close. She was talking to him. She was having this communication and she was communicating about what was happening out there. And, and, and it changed the situation. And, and it just, just, as I just again pondered some of this, I, I think it's, it's time for God's people to not try to go around the problem or through the problem or try to make things work out, but it's time for God's people, for us to be going deeper and getting deeper with the Lord, which is kind of where we ended up at the end of worship. Are you... Are you, did you feel like you connected with God this morning in worship, or were you too distracted or struggling or whatever to take the time to do that? And I just feel like that the, the, the worship is so important to us <clears throat> and for us that we shouldn't miss those opportunities. So here's a, here's a, here's a thought. Here's a big thought to, for us to consider this morning, and this is what I feel uh, would be maybe a, a maybe kind of a key point here for us, and that is is as we approach this season, as we're approaching this season, as we're in the middle of this season, has been going for 18 months or so. <coughs> excuse me. As we are here, we need to begin to ask God for a greater measure of authority. This is what Esther did. She went in and got the authority to change things out there. And I think as the people of God, we put a lot of focus on the power of God, right? The power to heal. God, send your power. Send your power. And this is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I wonder if maybe we haven't emphasized the aspect of authority enough. Because it's only the authority of Christ that can stop the principalities and powers. But he's, again, he's given us, he's, he was given the authority, and then uh, he's given that to us. So... So maybe, and this is a thought and a consideration for us to walk away with this morning, maybe we need to start considering, how do I step into this authority? 
How do I step into this authority that God has? Luke chapter 20 and verse 2 says this here. And he spoke to him saying, tell us, remember the disciples were trying to uh, you know, get on Jesus' case, and they spoke to him saying, tell us by what authority you are doing these things. What was he doing? He was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, he was seeing the power of God released. Tell us by what authority you're doing these things, or who is he who gave you this authority? Luke chapter 19, or 10 and verse 19. It says, behold, I give you, he didn't say power, but he said authority. Give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of who? The enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. He goes on in Luke chapter 9 and verse 1 and listen to this. And then he called the 12 disciples together and he gave them what? Power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So the authority was mixed in here. And I'm not, I'm not sure sometimes as believers that we've quite grasped that. We somehow feel like maybe we're doing something that only God should do. I don't know what the thought process is when, when it comes to authority and speaking with authority into issues and situations, but God has released that to us. And, and, and here Jesus is now giving it to the disciples, and the disciples, we are his disciples. Luke chapter 7 and verse 8 <coughs> says this here, for I also, and this is I believe what he's wanting to teach us, for I also am a man placed under what? Authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. We well, didn't do that because of the power, but he did that because of an acknowledgement and understanding of what? The authority. And so, and this was the man wanting Jesus to heal his, uh, his son. But as a soldier, he understood this authority principle. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking that as, as I process through this, uh, even, even when Jesus, if you remember when Jesus was taken to the temple with his folks and then they left and actually forgot God at the, at, at the city, and they stopped and went about and got him, and he says, hey, I have to be about my father's business. It was his response to them. He said, you guys should know that. But what happened was he went with them regardless because he, they were his authority. He said, think about that. He said, okay, I'm coming. And it's interesting. I, I want us to see this, the, the power that's in this whole concept of authority. And maybe why we're seeing such a fight against authority, especially in this generation. I mean, isn't this called the cancel culture? Cancel what? Anybody that doesn't agree with me. Any authority, doesn't matter who you are. If you don't agree with me, I'm canceling you. And we're seeing that happen all over the, the nation, aren't we? We're seeing some of the most ridiculous things happening to people, leaders, and stuff like that. They're canceling them out because of this. Authority is very important. And, and, and if I'm going to have authority, I have to be under authority. This was the verse I just read to you. That soldier said, hey, I understand this principle. I got it. You're right. 
Okay, so I have to be under authority. So why is Satan trying to destroy the, the, the whole idea of authority? I believe there's something to it. There's four main things <coughs> that, <coughs> excuse me, that we see uh, people are, that are supposed to be under some authority. The first one uh, is wives submit to your husbands. The second one is husbands submit to Christ. The third area is children submit to their parents. And the fourth area is slaves to submit to their pastors, be under that authority. And it's important that as we look now across the landscape, we're seeing every one of all four of those trying to be destroyed. They're just trying to stop anybody from being under any kind of authority. We want to be our own tyrant. We want to be our own boss. We don't want you or anybody else to tell us what to do. And, and, and as Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're thinking or saying and what they're doing. And yet, we're seeing these things break down, and whenever we see any of these authorities here uh, break down, which actually we'll be covering wives submitting to your husbands uh, in a couple of weeks when we go through the book of Ephesians, and then also husbands submitting to Christ, and, and so forth, we'll be covering those areas here soon. Uh, but uh, we just need to see maybe the writing on the wall. What's really happening? What's, what are we, why are we facing such a cancel culture? I believe the enemy is just trying to separate, divide, and destroy people from the authority that God wants them to have. So what do we do? What do you and I do? And here's, I just want to give you a few things to consider, a few things to maybe uh, begin to pick up and uh, to do. Number one, you need to examine yourself. You need to examine yourself. Every time that we take communion, we take communion once a month here, every time you do it, the scripture says, hey, take a moment and just examine yourself. Take a look at yourself. Give yourself an honest look. None of us like to have others tell us about ourselves, but uh, sometimes we need to just take a look at ourselves. The second thing is examine our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can, can I ask you honestly, can I ask you honestly to tell me when was the last time you really felt impressed that the Holy Spirit spoke something to you personally? And when was the last time you really had that kind of an exchange, the kind of exchange that you actually literally feel? You actually literally experience this, this, this move of the Holy Spirit in your life. The creator of the universe move, is speaking to you in the depths of your heart. When was the last time? You need to examine that and say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's been a little while. I know I still read the Bible. I know I still have my devotion. I know I still have all these. I come to church regularly. I, I tithe. I do all these things. I serve. But that's not the question this morning. The question is, is, is the intimate relationship happening? Or has that somehow through the course of the journey and the hardships and the challenges pushed that out of the, out of the way? The third thing would be to examine your relationship to the world. We talked about that earlier. Are you, are you falling prey to the, 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 the world's culture and how it thinks and how it does things? And, you know, they say uh, even for communism, uh, to take over, and I'm not saying anything about communism taking over here right now, but they're saying for that, they just keep repeating the same lies over and over and over. 
until finally you've heard it so many times that you just start believing it. See, that's where we have to be careful as believers. If we're having more influence on, the, uh, on media and stuff, then from here, uh, we're going to begin to believe a lie. And that's what, you know, so, so examine your relationship with the world. Are you, have you taken on some uh, cultural things that really God does speak against? How many have found that God does speak against a few things in the Bible? Anybody here? He speaks against them, doesn't he? Matter of fact, you go to Proverbs, he says, I hate certain, he hates certain things. And he starts to describe them for us. Okay, so, so it's not like I can sit back and think, oh, God's just happy with all this. He's okay with all this. You know, that's what grace is for. No, 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 no. Grace was to help you overcome all of that. It was to give you the ability, the divine ability to not fall prey to that. So examine your relationship to the world. What things have you maybe taken on? Number four, examine our relationship with believers. Are you building covenant relationships with one another? See, we're to be the family of God. We're to build, he says, every joint, every joint is what supplies. How joined are you to the people of God and the family of God, a relationship with the believers? And then the, the, the fifth area is just the whole area of worship and a prayer life. Worship and a prayer life. How's yours going? And, and if I could be carefully careful when I say this, but yet very clear. Man, it's, it's, it's not developed through some devotional unless the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through that. And this is so often we rely on it because, again, our heads just kick into gear. I know this now. I really know this. If anybody asks me, I can quote it, and I can tell them what I've done, but yet the life isn't there. The life flow's not there. The strength is not there. The, the motivation is not there. The, the joy of the Lord's not there. The, the, the love of God is not growing. It's diminishing or it's just flatlined or whatever the case may be. So let me just close this morning um, uh, the, 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 this, this thing by reading Isaiah again to us and challenging us up into some of this area of connecting with God in such a real way. Uh, it says, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? Neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth are going to faint and be weary. See, we, we have to understand that this, uh, this, things aren't going to get better with time. We're not going to find a solution to this. Why? Because sin is at the core of it. And, 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 and so as long as there's sinful leaders, we're never going to find the solution to this. So and this is what he's saying. Hey, it, it, it gets rough. People are going to be fainting. People are going to be giving up. People are going to be throwing in the towel. People are going to be mocking. People are going to be doing all these things. But man, he's just saying, listen to me. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings like eagles. They're going to uh, run and not be weary. They're going to walk and not faint. Wow, what a promise we have. 
But it all comes back to, again, stepping back into the place of closeness and intimacy with God and, 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 and to allow your life to be filled with His Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you today that uh, you do want to release your authority in the heart of believers. God, you don't want us to be weak and faint. You want us to be strong. You want us to be of good courage as you spoke to Joshua as he went into the land of the giants. And God, you're there to support that and to strengthen that, but we must learn to wait upon you, Lord. We must learn, Father, to draw near to you because you said you would draw near to us. And I pray for every person here, Father, if there's a weakness, if there's a gap in that relationship with you for whatever reason, whether it was a hurt, an offense, or just a, a, just a busyness or a fear, and, and, and whatever it is, Father, today, that today would be the day that we choose to step back into the pursuit of the living God. Oh, Father, you want to strengthen your church and your people. You want to equip us and make us ready that we might be the salt and light of this world so that as things turn and continue to turn, that the power of God would also be there. The authority of God would stop the gates of hell from destroying people's lives that we would see the impact of the church, God, in our generation, whether this is the last generation or not. Father, you want to release that authority and that power. I pray today that each person here, Father, would be uh, freshly stirred about your, uh, your authority and about your power and about closeness to you, God. That we would say, yes, we love you, God. Yes, we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.